WGXC on Saturdays and late nights after midnight for radio art, radio theater, sound art, experimental composition, free jazz, noise, and other experimental works. WGXC 90.7, Acre and Hudson, listener-supported hands-on radio for Green and Columbia counties. Tune in every morning at 5 a.m., 7 a.m., and 9 a.m. for all the local news from the WGXC Newsroom, from the Public News Service, from the River Newsroom's coronavirus report, to interviews from our partner station WOOC in Troy. You'll also hear the better weather from the Catskill Maker Syndicate every morning on the radio at WGXC 90.7 FM, your place on the dial for local news. What a graduation. I'll say. But with college behind us, we'll need careers and good ones. What about chestnut roasting? People always need chestnuts. Or begging. I know a place that'll saw your legs off. Slow down, fellas. I've got a way we can keep our legs and still have a bright future. Now you're dreaming. Oh, am I? Of course. Nuclear power. It's the job of tomorrow. Today. Really? Well, that settles it. For all those reasons and more, let us choose an electrifying career in nuclear power. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Gunel Reznikov of Chatham, New York. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Green and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a sustaining supporter by going to wgxc.org donate and designating an amount of your choosing. Thank you for your support. You know, I was listening to the radio, and I heard this thing! 90.7 FM, listener-supported radio. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Here we are on this lovely, sort of chilly, sort of warm Tuesday. And uh, I'm excited for this show as always. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. I'm also very excited for this show on this chilly yet sunny day. It's that kind of weather these days. It just is. It's strange. The seasons are changing, you know. Uh, Outdoor movies are starting. Very exciting. Yes, they are. We were just discussing this before we put the VHS into the VCR. (laughs) The highway drive-in is open and playing movies and the Greenville drive-in is following shortly after it. I believe, yeah, I believe they're, I think they're playing very soon, if not already. Exactly. Well, we do know what they are playing very soon on May 26th. It's the WGXC 10 year anniversary event at the Greenville drive-in tickets are still available. And there's more about that at WGXC.org. But uh, Jenny and I will be there. It's going to be a great time. There's a lot of performances and a lot of fun to be had. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to go hang out outside with all my friends. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the best part of the drive-in is hanging outside with your friends. It's true. Bringing a couple lawn chairs, getting a bunch of snacks. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're seeing some super high budget, visually stunning, immersive film, the drive-in is my preferred movie experience. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, tonight we're coming to you with no theme. We are just going to go wild, truly directionless, you know, just anything could happen. We're pulling movies out of hats. It's all going to be wild. (laughs) No box, no chains, baby, no strings (laughs) attached. That's right. Um, (laughs) Yes. So we just didn't didn't have a theme for this episode, which is fine because we generally 
are always watching something. So this, we usually open the show asking each other what we've been watching lately. And tonight that's all we're asking each other is what we've been watching lately. And um, maybe since now there are more new releases coming out and things in the theater or at home that are brand new, should we perhaps start with the things we watched that are new or just released? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a great idea. Nice. Uh, Jenny, do you want to tell me about something new or just newly released due to COVID delays (laughs) that you watched? (laughs) It would be absolutely my honor to do so. Uh, so this, the movie that I'm going to tell you about first is the movie that I watched most recently. I watched it last night. I stayed up way too late. <laughs> it just <laughs> happened to me. Um, but it just came out on Netflix, like maybe a week or two ago. It's called things heard and seen, oh. uh, which I absolutely can't keep in my head. I have to look at it every time. I'm like things <laughs> seen and felt, <laughs> things which are around me. Uh, yeah, but it's things heard and seen from the year 2021. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's free on Netflix if you've got that. I would say it's fine, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but I am going to tell you a little bit about it and why I feel that way. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it was, it was written and directed by a married couple who usually do documentaries, but their names are Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pulcini. Um, but it's based on a novel by somebody else. Um, but it takes place in 1980 and I kept hearing about it because it also takes place in the Hudson Valley Oh, Uh, and it has a lot of beautiful local landscapes in it uh, including a brief shot of the Red Hook Public Library which was very (gasps) thrilling for me that's exciting (laughs) yeah so but let me tell you a little bit about it uh, so it takes place in 1980. It stars Amanda Seyfried uh, as a woman named Catherine, who's an art restorer, and her husband, George, uh, who's played by James Norton, who's like a British actor who I kind of recognize. But anyway, <laughs> he, is, he is like an academic uh, who he's he's really into art history. And so he the movie opens with him announcing to all their friends that he got a job at a prestigious private college upstate (laughs) and and somebody name drops bard and he's like no no it's not bard it's this other made up one Uh, so so he and amanda seyfried uh pack up their lives and their little daughter uh and move upstate and they move into this big old house that's from the late 19th century and it turns out it's just a little bit haunted (laughs) Oh, Ooh. <laughs> but so from there, it kind of, you know, your classic haunted house things happen. Um, there's a subplot with some teens nearby who are like locals. It's really like some things that I like about it are <laughs> it features a lot of Hudson River School painters, which I am mm-hmm. very into, obviously. It features yes, a lot pleasing. of yeah, so pleasing. Uh, features a lot of lovely shots of the Hudson Valley in general. Lots of, um, you know, orange fields and rolling green mountains, mm-hmm. all that delicious stuff we love to see. Uh, and Amanda Seyfried does a great job. Other than that, it's kind of like, okay, this is a yeah. weird one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, a, I think it's worth watching. I don't want to tell you any of the plot because I think if you know the plot, it's not worth watching, actually. Okay. And that's fine because these are brand new movies, so we shouldn't spoil yeah, I don't want to spoil the brand new stuff. Totally. I will say it it has received uh mixed reviews, which I think is reasonable. Uh-huh. Um and it's really uh, you know, it's it's not it's not very scary. It's kind of it's more of an emotional horror than a uh, literal horror and <laughs> that's just fine <laughs> it's funny just how many movies fall into the category of that's oh, okay it's okay it's <laughs> fine I, I mean I it was interesting enough that I stayed up too late watching it so that's something it had something it, <laughs> it had, had something. something yeah I definitely wanted to know what was going to happen next and you should watch it too if that interests you things seen and heard on netflix things heard and seen oh geez i know it's really hard to remember (laughs) things heard and seen i think if you type in things into netflix it'll probably come up it was also it was very close to the top of my front page i think because it i assume it knows my location like all devices do and so i was like oh are you interested in this movie Mm -hmm. yeah 
I'm interested. I'm yeah. interested. Uh, uh, do you want to tell me about yes. a new movie that you've watched? <laughs> yes, I do. I watched a movie that is not technically new, but it's new due to COVID delays. It was just released for streaming on HBO Max. Jenny knows this about me. I'm a huge fan of natural disaster movies. I love the stuff. Most of them aren't very good movies. That's okay. I will still enjoy them and get excited about them to a certain extent. Uh, This is a natural disaster movie. I watched a movie called Greenland from 2020 starring Gerard Butler. Um, Gerard Butler is a, uh, he's a mechanical engineer and he's, he's on the rocks with the wife and he's got a young son and they live in suburbia somewhere. And there is a comet coming dangerously close to earth. And so far, all the news media has said is that it's just coming dangerously close, but everyone's going to be fine. Uh Uh-uh. Turns out it's going to smash right into earth, baby. And it's going to cause an extinction level event. And Gerard Butler and his wife get secretly chosen for a lottery of people who are going to be able to go to a bunker in an undisclosed location. It's it's Greenland. Um, (laughs) And he's been, he's been chosen because he's a, an engineer so he can rebuild the world, which is, I hate that. Um, (laughs) But I, I hate the, the lot, the choke anyways. um, So it's exciting when things start to go wrong. It's always exciting. You know, it's a high budget movie. It looks good. The comet is scary. Everything that it's causing to go wrong is scary. As the movie goes on, it it reveals itself to be more and more, to have more and more of an agenda, like a, a moral agenda. It gets very, very uh, Christian. Oh, no. And it gets very... so. Example, Jenny and I both have enjoyed the movie San Andreas starring The Rock, which is also a disaster movie where at the end of the movie, they're like, oh, isn't FEMA great? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But at least they save it till the end. This this movie, it's so, so funny how every emergency responder in this, including police, are incredibly helpful. Everyone is so helpful and organized. Like the, the military police are like, right this way, sir. Yes. Like, is that your son? He's having a hard time. Let me help. Like, it's, oh my God, it's a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantasy. Everything is super organized. And I thought maybe that they would, uh, you know, it for a second seemed like maybe it was going to be a little bit critical of, um, this lottery and, at a certain point, this isn't too much of a spoiler, but just heads up. I'm going to give you some details that show up later in the movie. Um, his son is diabetic. And so they didn't realize that. And they're not allowing anybody with any kind of disability or illness into this bunker. And I thought maybe that they were going to be more critical of that. Um, and they, they're not like they're, it's a lightly, but it's mostly just like, that's terrible. How are we going to figure this out? And they find a way, but yeah, I just really thought that it would be a little more critical when they started to release these things. Right. Um, You know? Yeah. There's a, there's a scene where, uh, you know, a bunch of civilians are trying to get onto a plane and it causes a riot and the military police open fire, but not before a civilian does, you know, oh like God. that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a bummer. Um, the only things that I, my first note in my notes for this movie is, oh, and then oh, no. the second note, the last note is moral agenda, though I will take that nasty pill if you hide it in the treat that is a disaster movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and that is pretty much ultimately how I feel. I'll take that nasty, nasty thing you're trying to give me, but mm-hmm. you have to wrap it in a, a, push it in a hot dog. Like when you're <laughs> feeding a pill to a dog. Yeah. 
and the like, hot dog is a disaster movie. <laughs> I'll eat this little propaganda, but because it's covered in cheese. <laughs> yeah, I know it's propaganda. It's not going to sink in, but I will enjoy the explosions and building crashes. Wow. That's, um, the movie is called Greenland. The movie is called Greenland, like the territory. Um, and it's from 2020, but just now streaming on HBO Max. And it's fine. <laughs> um, Sometimes movies are just fine. Yep. We'll say also as on the chart where as the movie starts to reveal its moral agenda, the natural disaster excitement starts to fall. Mm. That's too so bad. I'm just letting you know, but it's it's fun in the beginning. It also really, <laughs> I'm sorry. It really just it doesn't take a lot of the opportunities it could have taken to make it more interesting. Yeah, totally. There's all these situations where I was watching it with my partner and we're like, oh, they got this message from the government that they've been selected and their friends can at this party can overhear the message and they're going to start fighting and their friends are going to beg them to take them. With them. Right. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> God, it's like, yeah, you have so many opportunities for like, ah, oh, the nuance of like the nitty gritty of how do we save some people, but not other people. And they're just like, yeah. no, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it's, it kind of went against a lot of tropes in that mm. way, natural disaster tropes, but not in a way that was interesting. It just made itself less interesting. <laughs> right. It's like the tropes can be good because like they, they work for a reason. So yeah. It's like, it's nice to have reason. those, they have make, those goalposts. Um, it's funny how conflict makes stories more interesting. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wild. So wild. Anyway, wow. that was Greenland. Go Greenland. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a ball. Have a Just, ball. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> recognize the signs. <laughs> yep. Look oh, for them. Wow. Don't let them get you with, <laughs> with what they're trying to tell you. Oh, my goodness. Sunny, uh, did you watch anything else that's hot off the press? I did. I did watch another new movie. I was going to save it for the end, but I, I, you know, it's time to just do it. It's I've been dreading, dreading and excited to tell you about this. You already know that I watched it, but it's just, it's just a very difficult movie to describe, (laughs) but I'm going to do it right now. So last week I watched with a group of my friends, a movie called wild mountain time. (laughs) <laughs> like the herb, you may you may know. Uh, so this is a movie from 2021. Uh, it is fresh off the presses. Uh, I think it was supposed to come out last year, but um, got delayed because of COVID. But it is now available on HBO, or sorry, not HBO, on Hulu. So you can go ahead and watch it. <laughs> so it is, uh, it's based on a play. And it's, I believe, written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, which let me double check that before I say that for sure. Um, who you may know from the movie Doubt, which is a very good movie. <laughs> oh, yes, he did also write it. Okay, so <laughs> Wild Mountain Time is a romance. I, I don't want to call it a rom-com because I don't know if it's intentionally comedic. <laughs> it is. I had a very funny time watching it. So let me just give you a... a as much of a summary as is possible to give because it's just so difficult to describe. Okay. Wild Mountain Time. We're in Ireland. We're, it's in the present day, but it's really hard to tell until like maybe three quarters of the way through the movie, somebody has a cell phone. (laughs) And until that, the entire time we were like, when is this? Unclear. (laughs) So it stars uh, Jamie Dornan and Emily Blunt. Jamie Dornan plays a character named Anthony. Uh, and Emily Blunt plays a character named Rosemary. So Rosemary's father dies at the beginning of the movie. And that event leads Anthony's father, uh, played by Christopher Walken, to start thinking about when he dies, who he will give his farm to. Because both Rosemary, sorry, I should have started with this. Oh my God. Rosemary and Anthony grew up next to each other on two different farms that are neighbors. So when Rosemary's father dies, uh anthony's father starts wondering who he will give his farm to when he dies because he doesn't (laughs) think he should give it to anthony because anthony is not married uh however rosemary's had a crush on anthony since they were children uh but anthony has a crush on rosemary's sister 
who will not be seen or heard from again in the movie. <laughs> Just know that she exists, apparently. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, basically, it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's a romance between Rosemary and Anthony, who are Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan, but all of their conversations are really just kind of them fighting, but they don't really ever talk about anything. The dialogue in this movie is basically unintelligible because they're <laughs> just like saying extremely quippy things to each other at like rapid speed in ways that don't really make any sense. And they're all just kind of every, also everybody's has an Irish accent, but they're not like great Irish accents. And they're just saying like weird countryisms that, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're based in reality. Anyway, it's really, it's a challenging movie to describe. <laughs> There's also a side plot where um, Christopher Walken, uh, Anthony's father, is like, oh, maybe I'll I'll give the farm to uh, our American cousin, John Hamm. <laughs> so he comes into the film also um, and has like a weird flirty thing with Emily Blunt, but like that doesn't matter either. <laughs> it's like, it's just a lot of... Um, weird things occurring that don't connect to each other at all yeah, (laughs) Uh, and seemingly have no consequence. So I wouldn't recommend it. The thing that I, (laughs) the thing that I will say is that there is a twist at the end. The twist does not make anything else in the the movie. Tell the twist. Are you sure? I think, are you you serious? I think you should spoiler, spoiler alert. Okay. Jenny is about to give a spoiler for the new movie wild mountain time if you don't want to hear it i recommend turning your volume down spoiler alert spoiler alert here's here's what i'll say also about the spoiler it doesn't make any of the rest of the movie make sense it's not it's not a magical rosetta stone that clarifies everything else it is almost entirely unrelated um but i will say I enjoyed my, okay, I had a really good time watching this movie and I knew the twist and watched it with three people who didn't. So maybe the secret is, is to know, but watch it with people who don't. So that would be my recommendation. Here's the twist. Jamie Dornan's character, Anthony, he, the entire movie is like, I don't know, I'll never be able to get married. And it doesn't really, like, totally unclear. He doesn't act, I mean, he acts really weird, but anyway, the end of the movie at the climactic moment, he and Emily Blunt are yelling at each other, and he is like, you can never love me because I believe that I am a bee. <laughs> and I love it. they fight about it because she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I think I'm a bee. <laughs> like the insect, you're not mishearing me. And she's like, you don't literally think you're a bee. And he's like, yes, I do. I literally think that I am a bee. (laughs) And it's absolutely buck wild. And it doesn't relate to any other part of the movie. (laughs) But it is hilarious. (laughs) And it's just like, I, yeah, Wild Mountain Time, honestly, I think it is worth a watch, but you just have to like, accept that you're going to feel totally crazy when you're watching it. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Yeah, it's it was truly a wild ride. Um, In general, I think it's just a really messy movie that's not very well written. It's I I believe it's adapted from a play, which you can really tell because the way that people talk to each other is so like fast paced and as though that's where all the entertainment is supposed to come from. Right, exactly. (laughs) Like It does. And like, to be fair, like the there isn't a lot of plot. So it makes sense to me that they are just having these like constant rapid conversations, but like, it's just so unnatural. Like they're not speaking to each other. Like people, nobody has really any interiority except for, I guess the Emily Blunt's character kind of wants to be a dancer, but it's not like she's into ballet because of the, um, Oh God, what's it called? Uh, Swan Lake. Swan Lake. Thank you. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know the spawn one yeah <laughs> but it's not um yeah nobody has any like uh interior life at all it's just <laughs> really it's just people talking at each other for an hour <laughs> and 40 minutes and it's truly wild um, but I was entertained I did laugh a lot <laughs> so, wild mountain time baby. wild mountain time give it a whirl if uh if you're in the mood for like a weird romance honestly it really felt like a like early 2000s like quirky indie movie but it just 
didn't make any sense. (laughs) So, so bizarre. Oh, anyway. Wow. That was a real, uh, mountain to climb. I feel like a wild mountain. (laughs) The, the poster is really misleading. Like if I was someone who was really into watching romances, I would, Mm -hmm. the poster would get me alone. It's two good looking leading actors in an embrace totally with a nice font, you know, they're really trying to draw you in. And I, (laughs) I keep thinking about all of these poor unsuspecting viewers (laughs) Yeah, I really (laughs) to see these two (laughs) A-listers act like they're falling in love and enjoy just a middle of the road romance movie. No, they're going to be so surprised. It's I mean, it's really wild. The incredible cast they have with, you know, all of these extremely famous and great actors and uh, they're all struggling. (laughs) They're all struggling with the work they've been given. Yeah, sometimes that really makes me think about how hard it is to be an actor. That's true. When yeah, you're totally. in a really bad movie. <laughs> like you, you know, because you're gonna work with this like famously uh, well-regarded director. You come in and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is gonna be so great. And then just and it then all you, falls apart. You it's go brutal. to the premiere and you see the final result, you're and like, you what? sit there in the dark with your co-stars watching yeah. it in horror. <laughs> just it's so much to handle um but yeah that is wild man time if you need a you know a gentle laugh uh, go for it but otherwise i actually wouldn't recommend it (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow but that's the only other like really newer movie that i watched do you have any other fresher releases you want to talk about before we uh, continue on our road of randoms not really. The only other newer thing I watched was a show on Hulu, which I guess now that I've said it, I might as well dive in. Uh, I watched the new documentary TV show on Hulu called Sasquatch, thinking that it was going to be about Sasquatch. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't really, um, <laughs> though I don't not recommend it. I think it was interesting. It was only three episodes, so it's easy to get through. Um and it is, hold on, I want to look up this journalist's name, but it, it's, a, it's another Duplass Brothers documentary. So that's kind of been their thing lately. Um, you know, they made Evil Genius, which is about that really, uh, it's a really wild crime story and true crime. Um, and it's, uh, they also made Wild Wild Country. Mm. So they've been doing a lot of documentaries lately. Um, And Sasquatch is about a journalist who, um, David Holthouse, who, when he was in 1993, when he was a younger guy, he was out in Humboldt County um, working on a pot farm, visiting his friend who was working on a pot farm and kind of doing some work there too. And one night, uh, these two guys, these two other pickers thundered into the cabin where they were staying and said that they saw the bodies of two murdered men and they said that Bigfoot did it. And so ever since then, this journalist has been wondering about what happened that night. And so in this documentary, he gets to the bottom of what actually did happen. So it does start out as a search for the elusive Sasquatch. Um, and it is quite interesting. So David Holthouse is like, he's like kind of a rock star journalist. He's a little bit hard for me to get excited about as a main character, if you will, in this though, it, I can tell that he's good at what he does. Um, but yeah, he's just got a real California, uh, vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everybody does. They are in California the whole time, obviously. Um, but no, he just, he's had a really wild career of, um, you know, he, when he was younger, he also went undercover with a neo-Nazi group to write about that and has written about all this very intense stuff. Um, but it was interesting and it really becomes a story uh, not just about Sasquatch and the legend and the people who do believe in it and look for it. It also becomes a story about how intense the world of pot farming in Humboldt and Mendocino counties is. Um, 
And that is, is quite interesting actually. And how just, um, how people in the sixties moved out there, they they're called back to the landers, the back to the land movement, like a bunch of hippies moved out there to, uh, just home start homesteads and raise their kids out in the woods and stuff. But then of course, as anybody who lives in a rural community knows it's hard to make money. And so they started pot farms and one thing leads to another, uh, it goes through a whole very fascinating recent history of how basically that world turned very dark and violent and intense. Um, so I actually recommend Sasquatch on Hulu three episodes and pretty interesting, not a long <laughs> commitment either. So, yeah. yeah. I appreciate that because I feel like there's so many really bloated documentary series now that it's nice when there's one that's like, okay, it's like just a couple episodes, essentially the length of a regular documentary or two. Totally. And it could have easily been not a show and just, I I see why they did because they Mm kind of liked to keep you guessing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I I get it for that impact alone, um, why it was a show instead of a movie, but there's definitely moments where they, where they stretched it out unnecessarily, but not much. So it's a, it's a pretty good one to watch. Pretty interesting. And it's a lot of stuff that I didn't know about. And usually I don't really care much about drug stories, but Mm -hmm. this one felt very, like a very interesting piece of, like I said, more recent American history. Totally. Uh, But that's the, the only other very recent thing I watched. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about something else that you watched lately. Oh my goodness. This is just so exciting to go back and forth like this. Um, I know. I can't believe also, I just can't believe that they bait and switched, baited and switched you with uh, something called Sasquatch. I know. I know. (laughs) It was a little painful. The first episode had a lot of um, very interesting interviews though, that were really about Sasquatch and with people who have had experiences and sightings or are Sasquatch hunters. Mm -hmm. Um, and those actually were really interesting and that's kind of what made it even more of a bummer that, um, there wasn't more about that. I told you there's like a brief interview with an ex cop who is crying because he's talking about this time that he saw the Sasquatch or thinks he did. And it scared him more than anything else in his life. And he's like sobbing and he's like that my life wouldn't be like this if it hadn't been for that night. And that's kind of all they give you. (laughs) I would like to know more. Yeah. It's pretty terrifying. Um, but yeah, I recommend yeah. it. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely give it a watch. It is. It's also always at the top of my page when I open Hulu. It's like, oh, are you interested mm-hmm. in this one? They're pushing it. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm going to tell you about another movie, um, but it's not new. It's old. Well, it's not that old. It's from the 90s. <laughs> so I watched this movie uh, called The Passion of Darkly Noon which I had never heard of before, except I saw a screenshot from it, like maybe a couple months ago, some like on Instagram or something. And was like, huh, what's that? (laughs) And And then the other night I was looking for something to watch and I was like, oh, I wonder what was that movie that I saw that weird screenshot from? So I gave it a little look and it's streaming on Amazon right now for free if you have that. So let me tell you a little bit about The Passion of Darkly Noon. Yes. Uh, It's from 1995. It's directed by a guy named Philip Ridley, who is, I guess, a director and an artist. And (laughs) I looked at his Wikipedia and it's like his visual art style is like this and his music career is like this. So he's clearly like, you know, a creative type. Ah. (laughs) Um, But so this movie uh, stars Brendan Fraser, (gasps) part of the reason why I watched it. (laughs) Uh, So he basically it opens with Brendan Fraser like kind of running through these woods and he's really distressed and upset and he kind of passes out in the middle of like a trail. Uh, And these two people driving by see him. Uh, One is played by Ashley Judd and her name is Callie. And the other one is a guy who I don't know who the actor is, but his character's name is Jude and he's just a friend. (laughs) And so the two (laughs) uh, pick up Brendan Fraser, who's like out cold on the ground and bring him back to Callie's house. Uh, and then Jude is like, I got to go because his job is uh, he transports coffins and he's like, I have to go to work. So Callie, okay. are you like down to take care of this guy? And she's like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. So 
over a couple of days, uh, Brendan Fraser's character starts to recuperate. And as he gets better and wakes up, he tells Callie that his name is Darkly Noon. Okay. So she starts calling him Lee because she's like, I can't call you Darkly. That's wild. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. But uh, but so he tells her uh, basically that he was running away from some mysterious event that had happened where he like uh, from in the location where he grew up, uh, which he reveals to her that he grew up in an extremely uh, religious cult, like a Christian cult. <sighs> and so and he does I. I don't think he explicitly says what happens to them, just that his parents have died and he was running through the woods and that's when he's been found. Um, but I don't know that you ever really learn exactly what happened. It's kind of a mystery. Ooh. But so over a couple of the days, uh, they are spending a lot of time together. It's like the height of summer. So it's really, really hot out. Everybody's really sweaty, but Brendan Fraser is wearing his shirts buttoned all the way up to the tippy top because he's a good Christian boy. Ah, Yes. <laughs> Uh, but Ashley Judd is really hot. So she is wearing lots of tiny outfits and she's doing a lot of housework. She's climbing up on the roof and, and nailing shingles down. And Brendan Fraser's character, Lee, is like really distracted by that and starts to feel very uh, tortured by his desire for her. Oh. So after a couple of days, Callie's uh, partner named Clay shows up. He gets back because he's a carpenter. Uh, he makes coffins that Jude drives around. <laughs> okay, that's part of this, that's part of their whole thing. Is that like they work in the death industry? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but Clay is played by Viggo Mortensen. He comes oh. back this year, uh, and he and Callie live together. They're not married. That's important. <laughs> uh, and Darkly is like not into it <laughs> because he has been really loving his alone time with Callie. Uh, so. Things from there start to escalate. Uh, Brendan Fraser's character, Darkly, gets weirder and weirder and more and more intense. He starts, like, like intentionally hurting himself with, like, barbed wire and, like, watching them from... He's, like, staying in the barn next to their house and he's, like, watching them from the barn. <laughs> um, well, and Clay and Callie are, like, really in love and it's actually very sweet. Like, they're very, like, demonstrative with each other and, like, seem really happy. Um, but Darkly is not into that because he's going through it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, things really, like, start to escalate. Darkly starts, like, spending the night in the woods and one of his nights that he is in the woods, he, like, wakes up the next morning and runs into this one this like older woman uh with a shotgun played by grace zabriski oh we love her we love her Uh, laura palmer's mom from twin peaks oh she's great yeah it's really great uh and so she she and darkly start chatting and hanging out and become friends and she's like you got to be careful in these woods because they're really beautiful but there's a monster lurking underneath and uh, <laughs> and she also is, starts to be like, hey, you know, that woman that you're living with, Callie, she's a witch and you shouldn't trust her. And Darkly's like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> I would like to know more. <laughs> but so from there, things just go wild. And I won't tell you anymore because I want you to watch it because it's a wow. really crazy movie. If things could even go wilder from there. Yeah. It's a wow. really fun weird movie i i'm really on the fence about whether or not it's like good but i really enjoyed it and it's really interesting like the editing in it is really weird and intense like um the way it's structured is uh there is a title card for each day that says like the first day second day third day Uh up up until final day um and like the cuts are really intense where it's like suddenly really fast on brendan fraser's face and then like totally. zooms out really fast it's what very, did you like, say it's from 1995 1995 has yeah, that, that energy tracks, that yeah. tracks totally it's but like, it also uh, you have you ever seen u-turn that's like the mm, same mm-hmm. kind of it's the same kind of editing style it's like it's master like, born killers exactly <laughs> yeah it's like that but also almost like a student film like it has a, it has like a little bit of like like art student energy to it in a way that I actually really like because it kind of sounds like what that this guy is yeah definitely like probably like a rich kid art student yeah he had some connections yeah I definitely get that vibe I I'm like dying to read like uh just an explainer or like an oral history of the this movie because I just have so many questions about it (laughs) like it's definitely also shot on film because you can see the film texture like the grain when it like changes reels Uh um 
And so I'm like, what happened? What happened here? And also like everything has like kind of a orangey haze over it. Like it's a Lifetime movie from the 90s. Like it's almost like somebody took a Lifetime movie erotic thriller um, and script. Like the script is also kind of Lifetime movie-y, but then like an art student adapted it instead. (laughs) It's really fun. Ashley Judd does some like really great overacting that I really enjoyed. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I really... It's a weird one, but I think if you are into like, not like, it's not like funny, but just like kind of bizarre, like not super serious. It's almost like campy, like a kind of campy erotic thriller. I think you're going to like The Passion of Darkly Noon. It sounds like I'm going to love it. I'm looking up this guy too. He made another movie also with Viggo Mortensen before The Passion of Darkly Noon called The Reflecting Skin. The Reflecting Skin. That's also a horror movie. And he wrote, this is maybe where he got his dough from too, is um, (laughs) he wrote the screenplay for The Craze, which is about the Cray brothers who are two twin gangster brothers in England. Uh, They recently remade a movie with um, Tom Hardy Hardy about them. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That sounds fun. It's really fun. I don't know anything about that guy other than just when I scrolled his Wikipedia page, I was like, huh. Okay. This looks self-edited, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's it. really, it's great. It's like, it feels very low budget, but in a way that is very maximalist. And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. I really, yeah. I think maybe growing up in the nineties helps appreciate that style. If you will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, because it is kind of ho- absolutely horrible and too much, <laughs> yeah. um, but to lean into it, um, is a little easier. I think totally grew up with more of that. Um, I, well, I'm going to talk about a movie that I watched recently. That's from 2018 that I already told you a bunch about. Um, so my apologies, but for the listeners out there, I watched a movie from 2018 that's on Hulu. That's also a horror movie called wounds as in cuts and scars. Um, (laughs) And it stars recently disgraced actor Army Hammer and wonderful Dakota Johnson. Oh, um, and it's the first movie in a really long time that really, really scared me. I had a hard time going to sleep that night. Um, and it also was not perfect. And ha- it had it had some some yeah, some moments that weren't perfect, but overall. It did what so few movies do, especially horror movies, where it didn't over explain itself and that made it creepier. That's always going to make things creepier is if movies don't tell me too much. I don't need to know. I'll fill it in with my imagination. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the director is named and I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it, but Babak Anvari who did another movie, another horror movie that I've not seen, but I hear is great called Under the Shadow. He's a British Iranian director, and I believe Under the Shadow is in Iranian. Um, But Wounds takes place. Oh, and I'm sorry, it's from 2019. Um, Wounds takes place in New Orleans, where Army Hammer is a bartender at a dive bar. And one night when he's there, uh, there's a his his friend is there drinking at the bar with him and a group of clearly under 21 year old kids comes in but he serves them a couple beers anyways and they go sit at a table in the back and then there's a bunch of good old boys playing pool and they get into a really grisly fight and one guy cuts another guy's face with a bottle it's pretty brutal um but everyone after that scoots out of the bar but left behind by the group of teens is a cell phone And Army Hammer closes the bar up, takes the phone with him. And while he's winding down after work in the wee hours of the morning in his kitchen, he gets a text or the the phone that he found gets a text that says, uh, oh gosh, it's so creepy. What does it say? (laughs) It says like, I think someone's here with me. We shouldn't have messed with those books. Just all of this really horrible cryptic (laughs) stuff. And then I think it says the thing from the tunnel is here, um, which is, it's just horrible. It's no. absolutely horrible. So he, he figures out how to unlock the phone. He texts the number saying, Hey, this is the bartender. I have your phone. Um, but from there 
I'm and this one I'm not going to spoil too much because it's so fun and it's you know easy to stream. Um, but yeah, from there things just get weirder and weirder. Uh, basically, these teens have been messing with some scary books. Uh, <laughs> when Army Hammer goes a little deeper into the phone, he finds some very very disturbing videos, some gory videos, um, and some uh these kids have been messing with a book called the translation of wounds oh. which yeah uh i don't know i can't tell you much more without uh giving more than i want to away yeah, don't tell me <laughs> uh, yeah it's really really fun again i had a, i had a hard time going to sleep <laughs> um it's incredibly creepy and fun it's so exciting when uh, you get scared <laughs> from a movie. I know. I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, very disturbing images, mm-hmm. uh, things with no, no answers, not enough questions being asked. It was great. Oh, so that's amazing. wounds on Hulu. And I highly recommend it because it really creeped me out, man. Yeah. Oh, I, love it. <laughs> I watch it right before bed and then be really upset when I try to yep. fall asleep. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was hard to go to the bathroom at night. Oh, no. <laughs> really scary. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What else did you watch? Okay. I have one more movie to tell you about, um, which I did already tell you that I watched, but I'm going to tell you again because it's just so fun. Um, tell me. I watched 2017 cinematic masterpiece Paddington 2, <laughs> <laughs> which you may have seen in the news recently because it uh, beat out Citizen Kane as the number one movie on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> because yeah because something happened where like i don't know a negative review of citizen kane from like i don't know the 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 50s or whatever got uploaded to rotten tomatoes and so it knocked it down and now paddington 2 is the number one movie ever made and honestly i don't disagree (laughs) i have i've never seen citizen kane so i can't say that it's better but paddington 2 is a perfect movie I do agree. I saw it for the first time the other night. I spent what it's like six ninety nine to rent, and I and I paid that money, and it was worth it. Damn, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Now, do, does one need to see Paddington one to enjoy Paddington two? I think that you don't need to see Paddington one to enjoy Paddington two, but Paddington one is also very charming, so I don't see why you shouldn't just watch it too. <laughs> He's very sweet. <laughs> He's very sweet. The second one, I will say, is like better, but they're both great. Like, I really, I watched the first one last year, like deep in lockdown, um, and it was just a nice time. And then I decided to watch the second one because I had been meaning to see it because everybody really liked it. Uh, and I was like, you know, it's time to just pay the pay the six dollars and go. Uh, and you know what? It's truly a delight. It has. An absolutely stacked cast, uh, <laughs> including Ben Wishaw, who voices Paddington. Everybody wants a piece of Paddington. Everybody wants a piece of Paddington, and they do. They get it. <laughs> um, I mean, just in case you're not familiar with the story, Paddington Bear is this really sweet little bear who's from Peru. And he, in the first movie, is adopted by this really wonderful British family. Um, and in the second one, he's still living with them. The it's bas- it's like two parents played by Hugh Bonneville from um, Downton Abbey and Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water. Uh, and then there are two kids and they're like older woman who lives there who's maybe a housekeeper. I don't remember <laughs> what her role is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in the first one, it's all about how he is. He's trying to find basically a place to live. And it's about him like becoming close with the family. The second one he is Paddington that is he <laughs> wants to buy a pop-up book for of the city of London that's like very a very lovely art object for his aunt bear who uh raised him um so that she can experience what it's like to be in London because she's still in oh. Peru it's very sweet so he has to get a job <laughs> um but it things escalate he is framed for a crime and goes to prison it's so crazy and he has to make friends with all the other incarcerated people um and then you know it all everything unfolds from there things are wild it's like paddington paddington is so great it's really gives it really just like reminds me of movies like chicken run or like you know oh yeah like walls and gromit anything that has like that very wry but very sweet 
um, energy that's like, this is really funny, but it also is extremely warm hearted. Like they're just like, it was just a delight. I had such a good time watching it. Um, Hugh Grant is there and he is the villain (laughs) and he's incredible. He plays like an older actor who's like kind of washed up and is extremely theatrical and just wants to monologue all the time and has like lots of different costumes. It's very fun. Uh, yeah Paddington absolutely rules Paddington 2 is even better it's just like setups and payoffs over and Uh, over again (laughs) I feel like I know we said this uh already to each other when you told me that you watched this but I feel like the British are pretty good at children's entertainment they are yeah I think so yeah like a lot of really beautiful classics have Mm -hmm. come out I mean you got the wind in the willows and Beatrix Potter of course but you know yeah like you brought up chicken run and Wallace and Gromit and all of that it's very dry and British humor is very absurdist and that Mm -hmm. obviously lends itself very well to children's entertainment totally Um, yeah it's, I mean, it's, Monty Python is for adults, but it's very silly. Yeah, it's, it's also incredibly great for kids. Yeah. silly. It's children's humor. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, yeah, it's very, it's very kind, but also, yeah, totally absurd. Very the silly. Minister of Silly Walk. Like, are <laughs> yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> totally. Like, it's just not. It's like there's no like mean spiritedness to it, but it also yeah. isn't like it's not immature. Like, it has a like um treating children like they have the ability to like understand things I think is really important and makes it much yes. more interesting yeah um, but yeah also oh Brendan Gleeson's also there he's great wow it's a really good movie uh, <laughs> I really liked Paddington too uh, I hear <laughs> great things now do you think that it has such a high Rotten Tomatoes score because it's really good and I don't doubt how mm-hmm. good it is but do you think that maybe it was one of those things where a bunch of people on the internet got together and they were like, <laughs> let's make Paddington to number one on Rotten Tomatoes? I actually don't because although I could see that happening, I think it is genuinely just a perfect movie. Like there's actually mm-hmm. nothing to dislike about it, which is so wild. Like I was watching it being like, I I don't know. It's been hyped up to me, obviously, because I was like, well, this is the number one movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And like, I just know a ton of like film people who are all like, oh yeah, Paddington 2 is so good. So I like had the hype going in and was like, there's no way this movie is that good. But it is. It's, it's really I'm so great. so excited. <laughs> it's a really great movie. I mean, it's not trying to do more than it's it has on its plate you know like it it's it has its mission which is to do a very sweet Paddington 2 a very sweet sequel to the movie Paddington and it it really achieves on every front and I recommend it if you want to watch something that's just like nice and funny has a lot of like very silly comedy but also bring makes you smile I would recommend it yes ah awesome I'm excited Uh, I'm excited to see Paddington 2 Totally. And yeah, you can end one. One is good too. One is also good. I honestly don't remember it that well. It doesn't have anything in it that really like stuck in my mind the same way the second one. There's like a scene where Hugh Bonneville, who plays his like his, his adoptive dad, is trying to hide from Hugh Grant and there's just like a shot of his little slippers like wiggling as he like it hides behind a curtain and yeah. I've been thinking about just that shot of his little slippers wiggling like, <laughs> constantly it's so funny to me I really like I, it really there's just like these tiny little choices in that movie that like oh man it's great <laughs> one can't underestimate uh body humor or uh, yeah. not body humor but like, physical, physical comedy, comedy. yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Oh, so fun. That sounds great. I gotta see it. Yeah. Well, um, we're really coming up on the end here. It happens so fast. I know <laughs> it always does. I yeah. was going to ask you if you had anything that you're looking forward to or anything that you want to recommend. Um, I'm going to recommend one. I, I do recommend Paddington 2, but I am <laughs> yeah. also going to recommend one other thing. Um, my partner was not feeling well the other day and so he went to bed and was just like watching tv while he was going to sleep and i when i got into bed he was watching um star trek 4 the voyage home which is my Mm. personal favorite star trek movie (laughs) and it's currently streaming for free on youtube it's from the 80s and it takes place in the 70s in san francisco and all of our friends from the enterprise are trying to save some humpback whales and it's just so great Mm. Uh, so that would be my recommendation to you if you just want to watch something really nice and easy uh it's free 
That sounds <laughs> real good. I think I have the, the VHS box set of all the movies. Yes, amazing. I, I got to do it. Um, I'm looking forward to something that I have been looking forward to for a while, but I just have not watched it yet. But it's streaming on Hulu and it's called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story. <gasps> and it's about the amazing 90s of the television channel Nickelodeon. Um, and all about the rise of it and interviews with actors that were on it. You know, I'm sure it's going to go into all the best stuff, all that. Um, that sounds so amazing. I know it sounds really like cozy. Yeah. Oh, I want to watch that. It's, do you say it's on Hulu? It's on Hulu. You know, we're talking kids choice awards. We're talking back in the day when when people were getting slimed, yes. man, you were oh my getting God. slimed on live TV. Of course. You're just like <laughs> walking around your, your everyday life being like, oh my God, is today the day I'm going to get slimed? Is it going to happen to me? I wish that I got slimed. <laughs> we can make that a reality. We can install some, um, some slime buckets at work. And oh, I know just... there was a kid in my middle school who bragged about being on slime <gasps> time live. Oh my no. God. Oh. He was a jerk. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> That didn't make him any less of one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the the synopsis on Hulu says the Orange Years chronicles the rise of the Nickelodeon network, featuring interviews with the actors, writers, and creators from all the golden age Nickelodeon shows that shaped your lives. It's wild, it's crazy, and it changed the world. Oh. So I'm very excited to watch the Orange Years. Wow, so <laughs> fun. Oh my gosh. Wow, I know. The kids. I almost feel like uh, you know how. Tiffany and company, the jewelry company, uh, made the blue, that blue <laughs> color, a real icon. I feel like Nickelodeon did the same for that orange color. Yeah, absolutely. Um, totally yeah. iconic. Yep. Yeah. So oh, wow. exciting. I know oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, Amanda, this has been so great. I've really enjoyed this just movie catch up in general. I know it's fun. It's fun to do the whole mixed bag. I mean, I have even more. I know yeah, we same. have about four <laughs> so minutes more. I know there's always more. Is there some quick little thing um, that you want to share before we go? Um, I could share one other recommendation only because it recently came to streaming and it wasn't streaming before. Um, I think I mentioned it on our first show uh, back. I mean, not back, but our first like actual show uh, post like lockdown. Mm -hmm. Um, One of, I think maybe the first movie I watched when everything shut down uh, is a, movie from 1985 I think it's a Japanese movie called Tampopo um that's a ramen western (laughs) Uh, and it's one of my favorite movies ever made and it's currently streaming on HBO and it was really hard to find streaming for a long time so I would really recommend it's like also really sweet and really funny and like also kind of sexy it's like a it's like a funny food movie (laughs) ah is that the movie that has the egg scene Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I really, I really yeah. got to see that. I really love that egg scene. It's I so really good, love yeah. that egg scene. It's one of my favorite <laughs> movies. And it's, I'm really glad that I can now tell people to watch it and it's easy for them to find it. Cause before I'd be like, yeah, watch shampoo, but I don't know where you're going to find it. Good luck. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I, I can recommend another movie that I watched that I'd never seen, but it's old news for most of you. I watched blade two. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From the year 2002, real great flavor for movies is the early aughts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, starring Wesley Snipes, of course. And I did not know that it was a Guillermo del Toro joint. Yeah, um, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's better than Blade One. Mm-hmm. It's really, really fun. Um, I love seeing Chris Christopherson. I, it just, what a yeah. wonderful person. It's so great. Um, it's a total blast. Uh, obviously, everything looks kind of blue and gray <laughs> because it's 2002 and they put that filter over everything. Um, but, you know, the vampires look better and yeah. the action is more fun. Totally. Uh, Everything's really one. shiny and like rubbery. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a blast. There's like people in vats of liquid. It's, <laughs> there's lots of people like in liquid. Yeah. Uh. God, I love Blade 2. It's so fun. Blade 2 is really fun. I look forward to seeing Blade 3. It's probably not going to be as good, but um, I want to just, you know, Complete fill the it trilogy. out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. Oh, 
Well, this has been so wonderful. You've been listening to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda 